On this episode of Game Life Balance US, the US edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Welcome, listeners. Yeah, that's what we are. I started it off, see? Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast hosted by adults with jobs and families who are trying to figure out how to make time to have fun in the grown up world. We like to nerd out, but we're more than just fun and games. Check out our website to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Music, and elsewhere at GameLifeBalance.us. And if you like us, then please tell your friends to check us out. I'm C.M. Magania from the Strange and Unusual podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, the opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two. One. Here we go. Well, listen, I'm in a rut. That's what's happening. We're just going to start. I'm just going to start. I'm just going to hit. We're going live, and I'm just going to talk about how I'm in a rut. And that's how we're going to kick off this episode of Game Life Balance US. Okay. I, Cody Goff, I'm in a rut. And Jonathan, you have to pull me out of it. Is a rut... A rut sounds like a uh, a pit of some kind. Are you in a hole? It is. Yes. A hole. I'm, a rut. Yes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. What kind of hole are you in? Is it a it's, big it's hole? A, uh, yeah. Well, it's 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 when you say big, I'm not talking diameter. I'm talking altitude of the rut. Deepness. You are deep in a rut. You you are in a Depth, deep rut. D- Depthitude. Are you pulling a Dr. Claw or a Mr. Feeney this week? Because I cannot see anything below your nose. Oh, wait a minute. Dr. Claw. Yeah, hang on. I just, how's that? Is that a little better? Oh, that's I so moved, much better. You know, well, I did the thing where I like moved my chair up because I realized when I was sitting at my computer the last time that I was kind of like too, too far down and like hunched over, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable position. So I brought the chair up and then it just kind of screwed, it screwed the whole mojo up. It put me in a rut. Are you growing a beard? It's doing a thing. What is on your face? What is going on? Nothing good. You. This is what I realized. Some people archetypically, archetypally, archetype. Some people's archetype is that they can have a beard. In- and it works instantly, for them. instantly though. Like those people, the ones you are talking about, is they have that instantly. No, I'm talking about personality. Okay. So people like. You and me, I don't think are supposed to have a beard. Let's say, let's say I could magically get a beard on my face right now. I don't talk or act like a guy who has a beard. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I feel like people that maintain and grow beards come in all different shapes and sizes. No, I think they do. That's where you're wrong. They're all the same. Okay, maybe I just don't know enough people with beards then. Do you know anybody with a beard? I know tons of people with beards. All my friends have beards. <laughs> All of them. All no, of this them. is a this is a real thing. I'm serious. Like I, no, they, I think I I yes, I do. I know I know plenty of people with beards. Yes, I really do. And I, so like they are very they are very varied in because the thing is is the be- the beard itself typically comes in a multitude of styles, right? And so. Not not every beard is one size fits all to every individual because there are there's like the metalhead beard right which can look a certain way and then there's like the finely trimmed goatee and then there's the you know like the soul patch and then there's uh, 
like the mutton chops or there's the chin strap or like there's all these different kinds of beards and those all kind of denote a different, you could say a different type of person or a different personality type. So I feel but, like, I feel like there are, there's enough variety of beard to service a large variety of people. I agree. However, I do not think that you or I have beard compatible personalities. I think that if I were to have one, it would be an Orlando Bloom, kind of a pirate deal where I've got the stash and then the soul patch with plus the little thing on the chin. I think I think I, I'd have to shave everything on the sides, and that would work great. That would work well for me, maybe. But ideally, I think that I would just be clean shaven. So I'll be honest. Here's here's basically what I said. I said I you know. I've never really been in a position in my life where I feel like I could just kind of go for it, except that mm-hmm. now I am, I, it, it's, be, it's becoming colder in the Midwest where we live. And, uh, it is like a time, it is a time and I am in a place in my life and I'm at a job where it is acceptable to look, it is like, it is okay if I don't look perfect because most of my job is done over the phone. So, um, I have the opportunity now to just kind of go for it. And what I'm thinking is going to happen, here's what, here's what I hope, because I think the longest I've ever gone without actually shaving is maybe three weeks or something like that. Right now, I'm probably at about a month worth of not shaving. And what I'm hoping is that my face has that ultra ugly transitional period where it's just disgusting for maybe, I don't know, two to three months, maybe a year. And uh, eventually, it moves beyond that ultra disgusting phase and moves into some semblance of an actual beard. That's actually what I'm going for. So I did, uh, you know, uh, my my wife actually looked at me the other day and she was like, you know what? It's not looking that great. And I'm like, okay, I can work with this. I will figure this out. And so I uh, I, sh- I had literally not shaved anything, right, for for like the past month. And so I shaved just like the the gross neck part of the beard, the neck beard, if you will. Yeah, I will. Right, the neck beard, and uh, so just trimmed it up, up and forward to come off the bottom of my neck. And uh, she said it, it looked much better after that. So it's just right. it's a it's a work in progress. I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna I'm I'm like gonna do it through Christmas and just see and just kind of see the way that it grows on my face. And if it just is still horribly gross and disgusting by that point, I'll just say screw it and get rid of the whole thing. And that's and that's fine. But I've just I've never had a chance. To go for it, I'm going to go for it. What What do you mean you've never had a chance? Because what I've always substantially has changed in your life in the last month. It's well, it's mostly my job. So I've always been a very front facing person at a company that is that was much more strict on kind of dress code, mm. appearance, that kind of thing. And I'm now in a more casual place. And again, most of my business is done with my patients over the phone, um, and so I'm not seen all that much so it's just like now i've got a chance to to go for it and grow see gross looking beard so i figured you know i've never tried it and i've never had one and i figured i would try i don't think there's any that, that's no harm in that that's fair i work with all women and i feel that many of them are fashion conscious okay. and i would feel self-conscious if i were to try said orlando bloom ask goatee i've been told i look better than him by the way that was probably an unnecessary comment to say, but good. That's impressive. I'm I'm happy for you. 
No, it definitely tied in. So the thing is, and not to not to bring this back to wrestling like I always do, but I'm bringing it back to wrestling. So Randy Orton, the legend, the legend the killer, man, the, is that what he is? The legend killer, the Viper, the cerebral assassin. No, that's that's Triple H. Okay, Randy Orton, um, grew a, grew a beard. His gimmick when he came in was, I'm the legend killer. I'm the young guy. He was the youngest WWE champion when he won. And he was clean shaven, Mm -hmm. really cut, amazing physique, just like a Greek god kind of. And then he did this dumb story where he... He went off in this, I'm crazy, and now I'm suddenly a psycho mode, and he started growing a beard, and rather than walk to the ring and have personality and cut promos anyone cared about, he just became this numb, devoid of personality guy that would kind of stalk to the ring slowly and he had the beard thing and he didn't talk anymore and he was boring and terrible and nothing about him was entertaining to watch and i blame the beard also he did this for years and the beard never looked good it never looked like it belonged on his face it always looked like he was trying to grow a beard and now he's back to 2003 Randy Orton, which is phenomenal, and I really enjoy watching him again, and that's great. But what I'm basically saying is that you will you will no longer be the legend killer if you grow facial hair. I, and this, the, the real secret is I was never the legend killer, right? So I've got nothing to lose. I'm more of like a doink the clown. Hmm. So it might work for you. Right. Because I have nothing to lose. Actually, now is the best time when I could start growing facial hair because I could do it for a Halloween costume. But go. then I would have to decide what to be for Halloween. Yeah, and I see for me a month because just the way that my facial hair grows, a month is not enough time. So, aren't you in a rut? It's not enough time for me either. Yeah, but it's... but before we get back to the rut, now I have to ask because you lead a relatively boring, uneventful, I do, actually f- funless life. So do you, you are not going to dress up for Halloween, right? You're just going to give out diet Dr. Peppers for Halloween you know, as candy? When you have a kid, when you have a kid and this will, and this will end up being a joy of parenting segment after Halloween is done. But when you have a kid, like, like you don't go to, like, you don't, you go to Halloween parties still, but it's not about you anymore. Like, it's not at all about what I were to wear to a Halloween party. It's all about what costume we can find for Max and put him in. So like, that's kind of the important thing honestly this year it'll be like last year mm. i want to say last year he was a giraffe and then the first year he was a dinosaur and both costumes rocked they're both awesome uh but like i haven't been anything since he's been born i've been nothing at were the, you I, you you weren't a big halloween person before oh though, were I, you? well i i mean not necessarily the the actual celebration of the day of halloween it is my favorite season of the year though I, love, oh, I know we're gonna. I'm sure in two weeks we will talk about horror movies. Absolutely, ad nauseum. Absolutely, you are big into the horror movies. We'll do the annual John Martin's horror movie review. Oh, it'll be um, awesome, and I'll do one like every week, every time we record, because I watch a lot over the course of uh, over, over the course of the of the month of October. So I'm super excited about that. But no, the actual like day of Halloween, uh, I like handing out candy because I like to see other people's costumes. But like, I'm not into the dressing up thing. It's not not my thing. 
Okay. Well, the only couples costume that my girlfriend entertained the idea of was us going as Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. You don't know who they are, so mm. it's only funny to me. It is funny. It doesn't matter. It's very They're funny. They're wrestlers. Okay. So, well, to, but before I do that, I have to get out of my rut. I'm in a, I'm in a rut. Okay, yeah, you were talking about this before we started the show. You're in a creative rut. What does that mean? It's I don't know. I don't know. So, all right, so when when I first moved to the city, somebody suggested I take an improv class to meet people, and I did, and now I'm classically trained. And be classically trained in classical Mm -hmm. improv. That's right. Mm -hmm. Very classic. Extremely classical. So classical. So I'm all classically trained, and that's great. And I feel like for for the first four-ish years I lived in Chicago, I've been here uh, almost about nine years. Uh, the first half of my time here, I was taking classes and I was kind of growing more and cultivating new skills and kind of expanding as a person. And then I got mm-hmm. burned out. I was like, I can't do classes for a while. It took a couple years off. That was fine. I was still active and stuff. And then the last, I think, couple years have been a bit, a bit of a holding pattern. And we rebranded this podcast, which is great. And I'm doing a podcast on WGM, which is great. And I do stuff. But what's next, John? What's the next big thing? Um, what if we developed a ride-sharing service? Uh, let's stay with me now. What if you developed a ride-sharing service where there was an app and you could drive for this service and you would, like, you as the passenger would, would open this app and you'd click, I want a ride to here. And then the drivers would open up their app and they would say, uh, oh, this person needs a ride. I'm going to go pick this person up. And then they would drive that person somewhere and drop mm-hmm. them off. Uh, and then the payment was all done online using credit cards. Uh, and then we would like skim off the top and eventually decrease the wage to be an unlivable wage for all parties involved. What if we did that? Does that sound like a good idea? That might be the next big thing. It sounds like stuff that I've never heard before. And we would call it... The aristocrats. The aristocrats. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you know, I, I was talking. I was actually talking to Casey about it's not a rut because I I don't feel like I am necessarily in a rut. Um, but just at some point we talked about uh, we we got in a conversation about singing, which is something that I did for a very long time. Yeah, you were very good um, at it. And you I were well, very I, good at it. You were very oh, pre- very good at it. I appreciate that, and I uh, you know I and I loved it because I wouldn't have done it for as long as I did if I didn't. Um, and I haven't done any kind of formal singing in probably seven, eight years. And now, granted, I've said this multiple times on the podcast before, but stuff changes a lot when you have a kid. And like you, that necessity for like your own personal, I guess, growth, cultural growth, kind of, it takes a back burner. It just does. Um, at least in my experience with the one kid that I have. Sure, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't uh, I haven't done any kind of formal singing in a long time, and we were just like talking about it. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, man, you know, I really, I really miss it. And that was like a that was like a creative artistic outlet for me in a world where I am not a very artistic creative person. Um, and you know, thankfully, I have this to still be able to create something and put it out there because I at least that at least gives me some kind of outlet. Um, it it does not fill the same void by any means that that singing would for me though uh, but you like you were big into playing saxophone right and i mean 
weren't there other cre- like cr- other creative activities that you took part in that you like you said you did improv which i guess you could call acting right so like you did acting you were also involved in 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 a music scene to some extent and it sounds like you're not involved in either of those anymore and those are those are creative pieces that are you know could be outlets for you that you aren't participating in at the moment yeah it's true saxophones just feels tricky even though i could probably practice in my apartment i just don't feel comfortable doing it because it's loud sure. and you know my girlfriend has been taking ukulele lessons actually and that's the kind of instrument she can carry around and pull out on the train and just play and it's not bothering anybody because it's a ukulele right which is great saxophone's a little uh, not quite like that um, yeah. Well, when I say saxophone, I guess I just mean any instrument because you played multiple instruments. Yeah, I played, you didn't I just played play piano. Saxophone. Yeah, I played piano, and I've got yeah. an ocarina that I um, don't entirely ironically play. I mean, I I do know how to play songs on it, oddly. Sure. Um, so I think, and uh, actually, a couple Fridays ago, getting into the realm of video games, which we haven't yet on this episode of Game Life Balance, uh, Game Life Game Game Beard Balance US. Um, uh, John, our friend Russian John, for some reason randomly insisted on having a rock band party. Now I used to live with John, and we used to play rock band a lot. Like like recently, like a, this was last Friday. Like recently, okay, perfect, okay. And I had him and Blake and a couple people over, and we literally played rock band for like three hours. And I, I know it's sure. not playing a real instrument, but I always did feel like when I played rock band, it 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 because of the hand eye coordination, because you're pressing buttons aligned with notes, it fills a it does fill a space in your brain that kind of fulfills that music playing uh, need to a degree. I, I mean, I think it's probably the best simulation out there of of like being a rock artist, at least for the layman. Like for your average Joe, it is by far the best simulation of playing an actual instrument. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking about taking i actually would like to learn either guitar or bass except i say that and then i feel like i'm gonna get um two days into it and and be like oh my fingers hurt i don't like these these uh calluses that are being formed and it's it's lame and whatever so uh yeah i think you are you are a delicate flower well what did you decide to do so are you gonna sing Uh, there's gonna be some kind of community choir in your area that you could just yeah, and there is, and you know, there's church choir and and all that kind of stuff. But but no, I mean, I I have a lot of I like I legitimately have a lot of hobbies, um, and I already have enough hobbies that that fill up my time. And it and it, the conversation didn't come up because I was I was I was like thinking about it and and actively missing it. It came up. I don't remember. It just came up organically, like in just a, a typical conversation that you have with your significant other and. And it made me think about it. It made me think, man, you know, I really, like, at that moment, thinking about it actively, I missed it, right? Yeah. But I I have a lot of other hobbies. And like I said, th- that was kind of, like, the one thing I did that was creative in some way. But I have th- I have this as a way to be creative now. So I, I still have something in my life. I never had, like, a bunch of things I did that that I needed to channel my creativity. I was not that person. I'm much more analytical of a brain than that um because that's just how i'm wired but i did have that right so i did have something i did have some sort of outlet and now even though i don't have that i have this as my creative outlet yeah that that makes sense so what you're saying is if if i ever stop producing this podcast then you're going to not have anything left 
That's that's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, and and more more to that point, like I recognize that I like I don't need a ton of things where I'm doing something creative. But there there are people out there, and I don't know I I know Casey, but I don't know her super well. But she strikes me as the type that very kind of constantly needs to be either creating or kind of reading and expanding knowledge base. Um, she, I'm trying to think of the word that I'm looking for. She almost like a, almost like a, a, a Renaissance type um, philosopher. Yes, absolutely. Style style. Like that's, that's what she strikes me as. Right. And so like that may not be as much of an analytical brain and she probably needs a lot of different things to help channel her creativity. So I know that she's got her own podcast. She's taking ukulele lessons. She's got a lot of things in her life. And maybe you're somewhere along that line, you know? Maybe you need a couple more things in your life to to be content generators. You need to be a prosumer. <laughs> wow. I need to be yeah. a content generator, all right. Yeah, you need to be a content generator. That's that's uh kind of depressingly accurate, actually. You you also but you also have that other podcast with with Brian too and I mean like you're like you're do you're still doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's So I don't know I don't know where your rut comes from. It, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard and I, I think like you said I mean my girlfriend is extreme at one point she was taking a, a drawing class at the art institute learning to play the ukulele and some music art and then there's something else she was doing and doing her podcast, right? Doing her podcast I and mean, she she is and reading, I mean, the amount of books she reads, John, is like obscene. It's ridiculous. She just she'll read a book a, a day or two, and we're not sure. talking hundred page books. We're talking tomes, and or at least it feels that way. So she's constantly growing all this knowledge and all these things like that. And sometimes I just want to sit down for three hours straight or five hours straight. Oh my god, it would be heaven on earth and play Final Fantasy fourteen. And just sure. gain a bunch of levels as a black mage. And it's it's a double-edged sword. She's very motor, motivational and inspirational. And I, I live with a person who is just, I mean, really something. <laughs> you know. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, I'm not the kind of guy that compares himself to others often. But it's hard to not feel like you're being particularly unproductive when you're kind of surrounded by that on a consistent basis. So... I don't know. Even the gym. The gym. I've been feeling great about the gym. I've been going to the gym uh, two to three times a week since I joined. Sure. I've been feeling much better. I'm in great shape, all this other stuff. She's going like five days a day. It's like, well, look at you going twice as often as me. I don't feel so great about myself anymore. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a tricky one. So, well, but I hope that from this uh, discussion, I, 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 yeah, it's hard to find that balance. And I, I guess, I guess you and I are different personality types. Because I, you know, you were, like I said, you were you were way better at singing than I was at saxophone. I mean, you were the lead tenor in the Drake University Choir, and you weren't even a music major. Like you were quite good, and I was never that. I barely made it in a wind symphony, and uh, and still I need this like thing. I'm surprised you were able to kind of walk away from it and and not. Because like I said, you could sing every Sunday or something somewhere, but you just don't. Well, I do. I do miss it, but I it's it's not like a like I said. I think if I I 
I think if if we didn't do this, and I and I'm not just saying this, but I think if we didn't do this podcast, I probably would need to do something like join my church choir or something. Mm-hmm. Um because I like I would I would need to be producing something. I would need to be I would need to be doing something that wasn't sciencey all day or video gamey. Right? Or consuming. Like something. Or cons- exactly. Like something in the realm of art. Because I don't have a lot of that in my life. So um like I would I would need to do that. And and this is what we do is by no means art, but it is at least it is at least something where we are putting something that I would like to think is positive out into the world, which I think is important. Yeah, it's a creative outlet, and one can yeah. finger paint, and that is a creative outlet, even if it's not Monet. At the end of the day, you did you Monet might finger say, paint. We did not finger paint each other. No, no, I'm saying, did Monet finger paint? Was that how? Was that his preferred medium? Oh. I didn't know that about Monet. <laughs> I thought you said, did we finger paint? And I didn't know what you were getting at. I mean, we could finger no. paint. We could, absolutely. But I did Monet finger paint? Was that his medium of choice? Or was he a colored pencil type guy? He was. He liked the colored pencil. He also liked to do the thing where he, he would take off all his clothes and then just dump paint all over his body and then light and then himself on fire and then run a marathon from Athens to... Rome, and then deliver a newspaper to the emperor, who would then say, et tu brute, and then he would douse himself in, not not douse, like when you douse a liquid, but dousing, like the way you would douse, like finding something, you know what I'm saying? The word D-O-W. Like a a dousing rod. Yeah, he would dousing rod his way back to the Egyptians and walk like one. And that's how he would <clears throat> paint Pharaoh's portraits. He was a talented artist. Yeah. So. No. Well, thank you for that little chat about about being in a rut and a. Yeah, I think I think it was productive. I think we really reached somewhere <laughs> here. Now, unfortunately, your hour is up, um, and so we're going to uh, we're gonna you're gonna go ahead and make an appointment uh, with the secretary out at the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to go ahead and bill your insurance. Uh, you're still going to owe $8 million because that's the way our healthcare system works. So I'm sorry about that. But your insurance will be billed. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll just get that bill later on. But don't worry. Somehow you'll negotiate it down to a $40 copay because that happens too. It's so cool. I don't know. Don't worry about it. My bank actually already signed me up for 14 more sessions and charged me for it without even asking me. So was, They just have your best interest at heart. Yeah, that's really? what I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing. That was a callback. That was what we call a callback. That was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> was it a callback to the... Yeah, that was a callback Callback to the last time that uh, somebody tried to sign you up for something. Mm-hmm. I don't bank yeah. with Wells Fargo, and I don't recommend anyone else does. Next. Uh, what is next on our agenda? You are the agenda. You ha- you, I, I honestly, it's, it's just been... I've been in a weird pseudo funk lately and uh i think a lot of it is just frustration that i never seem to have any free time to even it's like it's like this weird catch 22 oh i wish i had time to do something creative and then if i get a two hour three hour block i end up sitting down and just looking around 
and not being able to think about anything but the fact that I only have two hours. So mm-hmm. then I just end up kind of freezing and I'll, I'll sit on the couch and not do anything. Now, I don't mean waste time on Facebook or anything. I mean not do anything for an hour. And then I'm mad that I just wasted an hour. So it's this really terrible cycle. That is a cycle. That is brutal. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not like depressed or anything by any means. I'm just in this weird, like I said, it's a rut. I'm in a weird rut. And I gotta like get out of it and just focus on some kind of goal. I don't know. Maybe maybe advertising for the podcast. Maybe selling sponsorships. If you listener would like to sponsor this Cody Goff self help session starring Jonathan Martin, Doctor. Can I call you Doctor Jonathan Martin? Can I call you Jonathan Martin, Doctor? You can, but it is always weird anytime anybody ever says that to me. No, but I'm not but gonna yes. call you Doctor Martin. I'm gonna call you Jonathan Martin, Doctor. Sure. That's that's more awkward than anything else that I've been called. So, sure, that's fine. Thank you, Jonathan Martin, Doctor. <clears throat> here we are. On, yeah, on here we are. One fortnight. Well, well I have uh, I have some exciting... Well, is it exciting? Uh, we can determine later, after after my, uh, my joy of parenting segment, um, as to whether it's exciting or not. But... Um, I want to talk about potty training because that's an adventure that we have started on with Max. That I have yet to so, experience. So you are not potty trained. That is true. Mm-hmm. So uh, Max is is a little over two and a half. He's like two and seven months. Um, and he's at a daycare right now. And generally, he'll be moving up into, into preschool pretty soon. Um, and generally, all of the kids are potty trained by the time they reach preschool. Uh, but the 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 ethos surrounding potty training right now in the child rearing world is that you you kind of don't you don't push kids until they're ready because you don't want to. The thought is that you don't want to create a situation where they I don't know are afraid of the potty or have a negative relationship with it, so that they um, have bowel issues or other issues right with going to the bathroom um so this did not exist i think when we were kids but i i don't know i was not potty training a child when i was a child um so max has kind of never really shown any interest at all in going to the bathroom in the toilet um and at school they've kind of always been trying to put him on the on the toilet every time so the way that they do it is like every time there's a diaper change they put him on the toilet but he's like never gone to the bathroom, and uh, we were at a conference the other the other week with his teacher. Yes, they do conferences for two and a half year olds, um, and and she was like, "Yeah, you know, he's not showing any interest in it." So sometimes what we do is we just say, "Okay, we're going to take the diaper away. We're just going to put him in underwear because we want uh, diaper diaper technology is actually kind of incredible. Um, the absorbency of the diaper." will will like literally wick away all of the moisture and so kids won't even feel wet when they pee themselves with with today's diapers what because all of the moisture goes into the diaper so they can't even tell that they've gone to the bathroom seriously so the the idea then is that you put your kid in underwear so that they finally start feeling wet and can connect like oh i just went to the bathroom that makes me wet i need to and then like try to say all right we're going to push you to you know, when you are going to do something that makes you feel wet, we're going to put you in the potty to make sure you go to the bathroom, right? And so underwear will help you identify as a kid what feelings you have when you are about to go to the bathroom. 
just a training tool and it's a training once you're, tool. That's yeah, exactly once you're trained, right. you don't need to wear underwear anymore. Nope, and I haven't. Perfect. Since. Me neither. We're good. Right. So I'm well. That's because we're trained now. Um, so uh, you know, Casey and I, Casey, my wife and I talked about it, and we um, we were like, well, you know, we we've kind of always stuck with the the mantra that like the teachers at school kind of know best because they see way more kids than the one kid <laughs> we've seen. So generally, I trust them kind of implicitly when they offer me advice because she's potty trained 300 kids and I've potty trained zero. So if she, if she wants to offer the suggestion that, hey, let's try underwear for a week. And so here was the suggestion. We're going to put Max in underwear for a week. We're going to see how he does. Um, there's going to be lots of accidents. And if at the end of that week, if he hasn't gone, if he hasn't gone pee on a toilet, by the end of the week, we'll put him back in diapers for a month and we'll pick it up again because maybe he's just, again, not ready for it. Um, and so Casey and I talked about it and we said, all right, well, Casey, you're going to be in Vegas all weekend, literally for four days of the week that we're going to be potty training. So it's the perfect week to try because you won't have to deal with Wait, any of it. She went back to Vegas? She did. She went with some friends. So, yeah. So she she's going to be in Vegas and and we talked about it and I was like this is actually perfect for you you don't have to worry about this at all I'll take care of the potty training stuff cuz I was kind of excited about it um I I don't know I just I think it will be fun when it's finally done but um I said all right I will I will take on this responsibility and and let's uh, let's do it so you know we spent $150 on potty stuff on uh various forms of underwear and uh well that's we didn't spend just on on potty train stuff we also spent that on like winter clothes and fall clothes and stuff but anyway got all of the all, all of the underwear and stuff and we uh went we went and, and uh got it all together and we 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 took it to school over the very first day and basically you bring 10 pairs of underwear you bring like 10 changes of clothes what? literally when you, yeah when your kid does yeah because every time that they wet themselves it leaks through the underwear obviously and they got to change pants and stuff so I, I'm like going and dropping them off at daycare with just an entire bag of clothing of all different kinds of clothes, pants and shirts and socks and, and everything. Um, and every day after daycare was done, I'd get back two bags, one bag of clothes that were still cleaned and another bag that would always immediately have to go in the wash because, you know, they smelled like piss. Um, and uh, and anyway, so we started that process uh, on, a, on a Monday and the idea was, all right, Casey leaves on Wednesday night. We're going to go Monday through Sunday. If he doesn't pee on the potty, we're gonna done. We're gonna be done. We're just gonna put the diapers back on again. So, um, you know, he's at daycare from eight eight to five, um, and so like that's kind of nice because we don't have to worry about the actual messes and stuff sure. during the week. So that was kind of cool. I I would get the bag of pee clothes. I would bring them home. I'd put the pee clothes in the wash. Max would have another two and a half hours worth of awake time. We would we would go back and forth from from sitting on his potty to doing the other stuff that we needed to do in the night, you know, taking baths, eating, that kind of thing. Um, and then the the uh, teacher also said, you know, put a diaper on when he sleeps because regardless of anything, he needs to sleep well because kids need to sleep. Yeah, they do. So, um, so he was wearing the diaper at night and everything uh, and during his naps at school, but otherwise it was, he was underwear, only underwear. And, uh, we didn't have any luck during the week and he was, you know, I'd come home every, I came home every day throughout the course of the week with that, that bag of pee clothes. Um, and every day that I got there, I was always excited because I was like, how'd he do? Did he, you know, did, did we get any success? 
never any success. That's fine. Um, and so the weekend hit and I'm like, okay, like th- this is my time now because I am with him all day. I mean, we, so Casey was gone, but we, I made the decision that we were going to do no underwear at all. We're just going to go, we're going to go naked. Right. Cause this, this is another, this is another thing. These are all the fun things you get to do when you're a parent. So there's a, there's s- multiple parents have told me that one of the best ways to potty train is to let your kid go naked for basically the whole day because it puts them kind of in tune with their bodies. It's hard to, it's really hard to think as an adult, not understanding like the cue your body gives you go to the bathroom, but you have to like understand kids don't have that. They don't have, they don't, they don't feel that they have to go to the bathroom and they don't connect the feeling of making themselves pee to like going to the bathroom. They don't have that. That's something that has to actually be developed. Otherwise, every kid would just be potty trained when they were born. Weird. So, right. So, multiple people have told me that uh, an easy way to potty train your kid is just go naked, right? And so I said, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump in with both feet. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get the the carpet cleaner ready. I'm gonna get all the stuff ready because obviously there's gonna be lots of messes. I'm sure, um, but I'm gonna do it, and we're gonna see if we make any progress. Saturday rolls around. We we wake up. We get naked. Well, he gets naked. I stay clothed. Um, although I could have done it, I guess, in solidarity. But he's naked. He's naked, and he goes from seven o'clock in the morning to twelve thirty, which is when he normally naps, without going to the bathroom. I did not do that. I did not not go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom multiple times in that five and a half hour time frame, but not him. Was he drinking he water, or were you giving him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, I I, compl- I dehydrated him on purpose. I said you need to learn the hard way. No, no, I I was I was offering as much drinks as possible to get him to like need to pee. Actually, didn't didn't need to didn't just like didn't pee at all. Uh, so it was nap time. Went up there, put him down for the nap, got the diaper on, woke up. Diaper's just like eight hundred pounds full of urine, and he's pooped over his nap. Does it, you know, that's, that's, that's what kids do. They poop in their diaper. I mean, um, and I was like, well, you little like you didn't go to the bathroom at all throughout the course of the day. And then you, and then you, you saved it. You saved it for when you had the diaper on at nap time. So I thought that was a little odd and a little aggravating. And, uh, so we woke up at like three o'clock and basically he's got from three to seven thirty to be awake again before he goes to bed for good. Um, and so got naked again after his nap, you know, did the change thing. Um, and that four and a half hour time frame, he didn't pee again. And now keep in mind that I'm like every 45 minutes, I'm putting him on his little, he's got a little potty that we're trying to get him to train on. You know, every 45 minutes, I'm putting him on this thing for five to 10 minutes to see if he'll go. And then we take off and go do something else. Right. So this is like a pretty intensive process of doing this back and forth. Um, but he just, he doesn't go at all. Right. So we get to the end of the day and he hasn't gone on the potty at all, but he also hasn't had any accidents at all. So I'm, I'm kind of miffed because I'm thinking now at this point, just after this first day of being home alone with him all day, that he does actually know what he's doing. He just doesn't want to go to the bathroom on the potty. So the day is over. He goes to bed. Gets the diaper, obviously, at, at sleep time. And we wake up. We start the process over again at 7 o'clock the next day. 
7 to 2 7 to 12:30 again the 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 time right he hasn't gone to the bathroom at all and we've had a full a full morning of doing five stuff 5 hours of doing he hasn't stuff. Gone to the bathroom at all 5 and a half hours of doing stuff and he hasn't done anything so it's it's right around like 12:20 like we're just getting kind of ready to to get settled up to to go do the nap thing and he kind of disappears and I'm like, where did this kid go? And he's been with me and like wanting to play with me the whole morning. But all of a sudden he just kind of disappears. And I look around and I see him starting to walk up the stairs. And we have just, we have literally just gotten off of his potty. Like it was one of his five to 10 minute breaks where we were trying to get him to pee, pee on his little potty. We'd just gotten off of it. And this is when he disappeared. And I follow him up the stairs and he doesn't know that I'm following him and watching him. And I catch him up at the top of the stairs peeing right outside of our bedroom like on the carpet and i'm like you you seriously did that on purpose like this was not a this was not a uh oh i had an accident this was a i'm not gonna pee on this potty because i don't want to i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna not pee on this potty for five hours and then when i finally do have to go i'm gonna disappear because i'm not gonna i don't want you to catch me doing this because i know that i'm not supposed to be doing this and i'm gonna go pee elsewhere because i just i don't want to pee on the potty so like that's yeah that's kind of where we're at and so that was Sunday and I was like and and I could you know you can't punish kids for that because you don't want them to like you you need them to associate peeing and pooping positively because otherwise you're never going to get them trained right so I didn't get angry or anything so but the next day you know, I, I put him in the diaper and, and took him to school and debriefed with the teacher at the end of the day when I picked him up. And uh, I said, yeah, let me tell you about my weekend. And I told her this story. And she's like, huh, you know, I've never had a kid do that. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. That's a great thing to hear. And she's seen a lot of kids. Oh. She's like, yeah, I've never, ha- I've never had a kid just decide that he didn't want to pee on the potty. Eventually, they usually just give in. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Casey and I are getting the feeling that he's, he's smart. Like he, he, and I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. Maybe I am. I'm sure part of me is, but he is, he is smart. He can count back from 10, which apparently is also something that no kid has ever been able to do in, in his toddler class before. But I think we're understanding that he is really, really stubborn. Like stubborn in a way that we didn't really understand until I, I did this. Failed to potty him. train him. Right. Well, I, I there's also like the fact that he's he's just not ready for it. I don't think, but I think he is just a really really stubborn kid. But I did walk away from the experience. I'm a little disheartened with it. I was hoping we would make some progress. We didn't really. We didn't make any progress at all. Um, but. You know, I, I also understand that, like, there's some, in boys, I've been told, again, by multiple people, that it comes much later than girls. Um, and that includes, like, the daycare people. They say that it's very common for boys not to potty train nearly as fast as girls do. And that, like, there's there's nothing weird about it. It's just he's, you know, he's, in this one particular aspect, he's behind. Right? So, I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a little disheartening, but um, we're going to, like, pick it up again in a month do the underwear thing and potty thing again. But uh, my, I actually have the teacher of the school brainstorming about ideas that we can <laughs> do since she hasn't had this situation happen before to make it a better experience for him and have him want to pee on the potty is where we're at. So that that is my first initial blush 
with potty training a child. It was riveting. I know. I don't know what to say. And you don't you don't need to say anything. Kids are kids are funny and they're frustrating and they're awesome and they're aggravating and they're I don't know. They are everything all rolled into one. And I'm I'm sure that this is just one of the many, many times that Max is not going to do the things or the thing that Casey or I want him to do. And it's just it it's all it is all good training for us as well. That's what parenting is all about, from what I've heard. There is no reasoning with babies. No reasoning. Or kids to many Or kids. Or many adults actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's no there's no reasoning with him though, right now. Well. So that was I mean, that was my whole weekend. My whole weekend was was bouncing on and off the potty and like keeping him entertained while my wife was gone. And here I thought rock band was exciting. Yikes. Also, shout out to all of the single parents out there, which I think I've said that before to the single parents out there. Um, But even just having my wife gone for one weekend, like it is exhausting, legitimately exhausting. I mean, and I I was taking on the added project of trying to, of, of trying to make some progress on his potty training, but it is like the process of, of caring for something that has no ability really to care for itself um, and doing that all as a single individual is, and on top of trying, like there were, there were days and it, it sounds silly, but like there were days where like, I would forget to eat. Like one of the two days I forgot to like eat lunch and three o'clock rolled around and I was like, man, I'm starving. And it turned out, and then I thought about it and I was like, oh, that was because I didn't eat. Yeah. That happens because I didn't to me eat. when I'm playing Final Fantasy 14 somewhat regularly, actually. So I can, so I can relate. Sure, and that's basically like taking care of a child, yeah. Right, it's like taking care of a child, except that my child listens to everything I say and do, because she's a cat, and I make clothing for her. I'm jealous. Are you? I don't get to do any of that. I am. You could, you could make clothing for, for, for Max. Have you tried to potty train her? Tyria? Um, no, nah, bathrooms aren't really a big thing in Eorzea. It's more of a luxury. It's weird. I wonder, I wonder how they go to the bathroom, or where well, they go pr- to the bathroom. There's the privy. I'm sure there are privies. I'm just not privy to the location of said privies, if there are any. So it's, That's a good way to go out, I think. You're welcome. That was clever. Another good way to go out is by <clears throat> mentioning at this juncture that we are members of the Gunna Geek Network, podcast network that you can find at gunnageek.com, where they have lots of geeky podcasts. We are the de facto video game podcast of the network because no one else has tried to be that which is funny because we didn't talk about video game. Well, I did uh, very much in this episode. But if you want to check out the official GunnaGeek.com podcast this week, then the Gunna Geek Show episode 162, titled Stargate Pioneer, the Resident Virgin Expert. Dun, dun, dun. This week, Suncast takes SP's seat to discuss the latest update in the Fire feature of the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, as well as the iPhone 7 3.5mm jack removal. And on Nerd Alert News, starring Chris Farrell, episode 54, big plans for Netflix and Comcast. Uh, Nike has plans to make self-leasing shoes, just like from Back to the Future. Netflix may be making some big changes, and the CW is launching a new app for free streaming. Finally, Comcast is standing up, starting up a cell phone service. Ooh, get all the details in the latest Nerd Alert News. Really, a Comcast cell phone service. How That's just what everybody how needs. How dumb or uninformed do you have to be to subscribe to that voluntarily? 
Siri. Oh, don't worry. It'll be bundled in with your home phone service as well as your cable service and your internet for the low, low price of whatever until two years go by. And then it's a much higher price. Oh, well, there you go. That's going on the Getting Geeky Network. Check out Nerd Alert News to learn all about that stuff. <sighs> That's that was a full that was a full show. Twas yeah, and I have nothing else interesting to say. I didn't really have anything at all interesting to say, quite frankly. I just left it to you and your child and heaven peace and more. So we had more things to talk about. <laughs> I would love to do more joy of parenting. Uh, I would love to do more joy of parenting segments. Except the, the thing is, is like there's there's this scene that. Um, there's this there's a saying about parenting that the days are long but the years are short. I don't know if you've heard that before. It's a very common saying though. And I've heard it much more since I've become a parent. Um but it's really true. Like I don't have a ton to talk about from like the the day-to-day activities and days can feel really long sometimes especially like if it's not a great day with him. Um but I really feel like I can't believe he's almost 3 already. Like I really am at that, at that, in that headspace. That like I, I feel like I feel like he was just a baby, like just an infant, and he's almost already three years old. So, it's a it's kind of a I like I actually really like that saying, and generally I don't subscribe to those kind of colloquialisms. Colloquialisms. Hypotenuse. However, if you would like to subscribe to Game Life Balance US, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Music Store, and more. That was the most shameless plug. I think I'm just going to close it out here. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. I hate you. (laughs) 